Welcome to the first episode of Paper Dragons. We're a 4E Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and we're going to go around the table and introduce ourselves here. Uh, John, since you're on Skype, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself first? Hi, I'm John. Uh, been a uh, Dungeons and Dragons player since Advanced D&D came out. Uh, got involved in it because I wanted to hang out with all the cool kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, have not played for quite a few years. Uh, looking forward to getting back into it again and having a little bit of fun. I'm Tim, and I got into D&D when I was a teenager. Uh, well, actually, even before that, I was probably 12 years old when I started doing tabletop, and and uh, been playing off and on ever since. And there's, you know, I don't need a, I, I have a pretty low threshold to let the dice hit the table. I, I just for the love of the game, man, love storytelling and just uh, crawling through the dungeons. Alan, okay, I'm Alan, and I got into D and D in my mid 40s. Uh, late, late bloomer, I, huh? Yeah, accidentally uh, when I when I had a painting business, I was painting a building, and they were playing D and D, and I was like, "What's that? Well, I want to play." I always wanted to play this game, and got involved in the game, and I got uh, I got kicked out of my group. I'm pretty sure they just they supposedly broke up, but uh, the group broke up. But um, I think I just got kicked out. <laughs> so, so. My social ineptitude falls that far down. <laughs> <laughs> they broke up and then came back together as soon as I left. <laughs> as soon as I was gone, yeah. All right, so Casey. Yes, he. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? And My name is Hi. Casey McDonald. How you got into uh, D&D? Do, am I introducing my character or myself? You're introducing you. Oh. Well, my name is Casey. Um, I got into D&D because boys wouldn't let me play. So, tried to, in middle school, tried to play D&D or Magic the Gathering and was denied access. That's unacceptable. No, it wasn't, but I didn't have any uh, girlfriends that wanted to play because that was uncool to them, oddly enough. So... Wait, are you saying we're uncool? That was uncool to other girls. I'm not saying yeah. anybody else is uncool because I wanted to do D and D. I wanted to be a kick-ass something. So That's right. Good there say. we go. <laughs> no doubt. And I'm Mitch. I saw that going south. Who you may have met? Yeah, I uh, got into D and D back in. Uh, must have been fourth grade, fifth grade, something like that. A buddy of mine, oh, uh, Dan, he uh, pulled me out to the side one day and said, Hey, you want to play a game? And I said, Sure. You know? All right. We were at school, so it seemed a little bit weird. And he's like, saying, Okay, we got to roll these random dice that are weird and we got to come up with these numbers. At this point, I still have no idea when the game's supposed to start because he's just writing down random numbers. Right. And uh, we go through this, and little did I know, we were building my first character. 
I felt like we never got as deep into any games. I never was able to really get as deep into any games or a group as what I wanted to. Uh, I ran a few games years later um, for different friends, and I was part of a gaming group for about one day and then decided that they spent more time arguing about the rules rather than playing the game. And the game looked interesting, but no one wanted to actually focus on that. So it's like, eh, that's kind of boring, you know? And, you know, I've done it a couple times since then, kind of one-shot things. I've never had an ongoing campaign. So this will be my first major ongoing campaign that I've DM'd. So... Uh, guys, take it easy on me. Don't beat me up too bad for this, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of dice being rolled around here, and now I see a whole lot of happy faces. So, let's see. Uh, it's not looking good for you, man. Total party kill. Let's see. Oh, that's <laughs> a two. You guys got lucky on that's that. That's right. If it would have been a 20, you would have been toast. That's right. And we're done. <laughs> Thank you for playing. It's been great. Great campaign. You get crushed by a Buick. But it's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Still. It's a Buick. Because <laughs> this is my world now. That pesky deck of many things, you know, yeah, comes exactly. in and yeah. smacks you with a Buick. I know. Okay. Dimensional portal. We're going to pick up with Sam walking back to the Rosen Chime Ranch. It's dark. He's decided to continue on even though it's gotten dark because he's got some herbs and some medicine that he needs to get back to Rose so she can get it to some of the workers. They're having some uh, reaction issues with something going on there at the farm. It's not something that's life-threatening. You know, you haven't been in a huge hurry, but at the same time you are... Uh, on your way back to the ranch, you decide, hey, it's only about uh, five more miles before I uh, get back to the ranch, so no point in uh, setting up camp and everything. Just head on back. So this is a well-worn road. It's a hard-packed road, so it's a relatively easy walk. It's, it's a familiar road on a familiar night. There you go. It's actually a full moon also, so it's making it a lot easier than it normally would be. Oh, being a human character, you don't have the dark vision or anything, so it makes it nice Easier when the moon actually pops out. You can see what's going on. You see the road coming up on the right-hand side that leads down to the ranch. As you get up to it, you can see a big uh, sign over top, a wooden sign that's been hand-carved that says Rosen Chime Ranch. A familiar sign. Very familiar sign. On a familiar road, on a familiar night. Nothing seems amiss, except for that strange feeling on the back of my neck. I've yeah. felt it twice before. Once, when I was a boy, and I was about to get captured for stealing coins and bread that I had stolen from a local baker. And once, many years later, when I was about to get slapped. <clears throat> Do you want to go ahead and describe Sam? Sam Sam is a young boy of 19 and and when I say that you know some people are young men of 19 he's a young boy of 19 uh, bright eyes and a graceful stride doesn't seem the sort to worry about much in spite of the fact that he's kind of grown up on the streets and has always had something to worry about um, he's about five five eight 
uh, or five nine, excuse me, about one hundred seventy five pounds, blonde haired, green eyed, um, dressed uh, in the simple vestments of a cleric. Um, uh, he has wears the symbol of Pelor around his neck, and he's he always he always looks like he's looking for the next place to be. Okay. So, just as you round the corner, uh, past several old oak trees, the ranch comes into view. The old farmhouse sits in an open field with only two oaks nearby. Something is amiss. No one should be up at this hour. It's nearly 3 a.m. But three or four people are sitting up against the house. At least four more are laying on the ground. Three riders come from the back of the house on dark steeds. The riders, all dressed in dark clothes. The first is wearing some kind of a long trench coat that is flapping in the wind as the horse charges forward. All three have their faces covered and all three veer towards you. Why are you here? What could you possibly want with this place? Go your way. There's got to be somewhere else that's going to be more lucrative. There's nothing here but simple folk. Yeah, they're not in a talking mood. Roll initiative. Yeah. <laughs> kind of saw that one coming, didn't yep. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, looks like I got a 17. Okay. So, <clears throat> Rider 1 uh, apparently did not do so well. Let's see. He got an 8. Ooh. Come on. Rider 3 got a 1. That is not a good start to this. Depends on who you are. Wow. All right, so you seem to have initiative here. We well, are... I, but I think that's because I, I kind of sensed that something was wrong from the get-go, right? Like that feeling in the back of my neck. So if I get the sense that they're going to attack me, I, I'm going to start this off right away by trying to act as a deterrent, but also kind of kind of help give me let me see better exactly what's going on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use my Lance of Faith. Okay. Um, so I'm going to target the lead rider, the one that's coming at me the fastest. So, um, yeah, that's what my at will power. So my wisdom modifiers plus four. Okay, what does Lance of Faith do? So Lance of Faith is one d eight plus wisdom modifier, radiant damage, and one ally can gain. You can see gains a plus two power bonus in his or her next attack roll against the target. Okay. Basically illuminates it, which is kind of why, because, you know, it's dark outside. Okay, is there a distance on that? Uh, yeah, uh, range is five. Yeah, you'd definitely be within five. We actually started Especially with they're, they're coming towards me, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so and that's versus reflex. Okay. Let me. Uh, what was the total? 
So t- total was um, 11. 11, that's a miss. Okay. All right. Well, but it's versus his reflex save, not versus his AC. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a miss. Makes sense. Rider 3. Wait, no, Rider 2 had the best... Uh, Initiative. Yeah. So, he is going to be moving up to where you are at. And they're horseback, so they're going to be moving pretty good if they want to. Okay. And he's going to be just doing a basic attack against your AC with his broadsword. Broadsword, that's what it was. Broadsword is a 1d8 plus. Well, hold on. I'm speaking and I should be speaking out of turn because this is fourth ed, not third. Hold on. We got there. Nine? Uh, yep. Okay, so. My AC is 13. That would make that a 23 versus AC. Yep. So. Okay. So that's definitely a hit. So <laughs> the riders come up. So I throw out some weak flame and that, or well, some radiance that totally misses, and then they. <laughs> Nine and five, so fourteen points of damage. That is almost all my health. I have 17. So what I'm going to do, as he strikes me, I'm going to cry out to Pelor and going to channel divinity. You have an immediate or? So, um, oh no, I guess it's not my turn. There's two more riders. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. All right, so rider three is... Going to move up next to you. Things are looking bad for Sam. Eight. So that would be 22 versus AC. That'll do it. Okay. Let's take a look at this. As the lights go black. Yep. Six. Unconscious. Uh, plus five. That would give us 11. That's it. Where is that at for your... Does that, that goes past your... Oh, yeah. My, okay. That goes past the bloody point. Okay. Yeah, Second yeah. rider comes up with his broadsword, runs it through Sam. You feel the steel going through your chest and out your back. Bella, save me! You're looking up at this rider. 
He looks down at you, kind of sneers, puts his boot on your chest, and shoves you off of his sword. <laughs> and as you're falling, you see the bodies of at least eight or ten people at the ranch. And the ranch bursts into flames. And the world goes black as you close your eyes for one last time. Light bless their souls. Willa Rojas awakens in the cargo hold of a ship. There are crates all around you. Some chickens, goats, Interesting some smell. pigs. After a moment, you remember the chain of events that led to this most uncomfortable voyage. Almost the moment you arrived at the Five Bell Sanctuary, you were conscripted to go retrieve an artifact. The Rohai's name still carries some weight in the right circles. Odd, though, you never told anyone specifically where you were going, yet they knew you were coming. Your personal quest had to be set aside for the moment to assist in a crucial recovery mission. As you entered the sanctuary, you were immediately taken to see Kit Morgan, the Friar Primary. He's a tall, bald, very muscular half-elf. He greeted you by name and went immediately into business. The jewel of Micah needs to be recovered from a farm outside of Alon and returned to the sanctuary within 15 days. Any delay beyond that and the jewel is going to become very unstable and dangerous until it is brought back to the sanctuary and contained. He would not give you a description of the jewel, though, only that you need to speak to Samuel Chime. Kit gave you a letter to give to Samuel, sealed with a wax sigil of the Five Bell Sanctuary. He also gave you a letter to show to any guards or police to prove that you're on official business for the sanctuary should such be needed. You're at a meeting Elf Paladin at the docks in Springport, and keep a low profile while going to Alolan. The paladin is to assist with the mission and provide security should a problem arise. So why don't you go ahead and describe Willow. Oh, Willow is um, Elven Ranger. She is about 30. Um, five, I think, five, five, 150 pounds. Uh, armor that she wears is... Uh, dark brown hide and the weapons that you can see that she has are a scimitar and a long bow um, she has red long hair <clears throat> it's usually in a braid and blue eyes okay. that's what she looks like <laughs> you hear the hatch to the compartment open and heavy footsteps coming your way the captain comes down around the crate She's a human about six foot tall. Her light brown hair is pulled back to show her weather-worn face. She's in her mid-forties, but looks closer to sixty until you look into her eyes. Captain Riley Reed is wearing a burgundy mid-calf coat that covers a sword on each hip. Though she doesn't appear to be wearing armor, 
you're pretty sure that the shirt she is wearing could be covering some. Miss Rojas, we'll be docking soon. Put this on over your armor and get inside of the crate. Captain Reed tosses you an old, well-worn brown cloak. Do not make any noise until we open this crate. Your presence here needs to not be tied to the sanctuary. Our normal length of stay is five days. If you can make it back here within that five days, we'll be waiting. If the Silent Jack doesn't leave on schedule, it could draw some unwanted attention. If you can't be back here within the time, we will meet you at Long Beach Bay. It will be a longer journey, but it will be less suspicious. We cannot risk another trip to Springport within a month or so. May the winds be ever in your sails, and may the gods smile upon your boots. What are you going to do? Put the cloak on that she gave me. Okay. Hunker good, down good. and wait in the crate. Climb into the crate. When you get into the crate, you can smell the dusty aroma of dried skins that you're now sitting on. Cattle. About 20 minutes or so go by and you feel the boat bump against something. You hear the crew talking and people scurrying about on the deck. After about another 15 minutes, you hear the hatches open to the cargo bay. You can hear the crates being moved off the ship and footsteps come over to your crate. The crate lurches to one side, then back as you're lifted and carried out. For several minutes, your crate bounces back and forth. When it stops, you're sat down, and the footsteps retreat. Another set of footsteps approach. The top of the crate is quietly lifted. You're in a storeroom. Use the door to the back. It leads out into an alley. A female elf in a brown cloak quickly puts the top back on and hurries out the front of the storage area. Get out of the crate and quietly go to the back door. <laughs> when you get outside, you can see that you're in the back alley of a harbor. Is it light or dark? I can't remember what you said. Uh, at this point, it's around probably noon, maybe one o'clock, but it's kind of hard to tell. You were sleeping inside of a dark area for quite a while during your journey, so it's somewhere about there. You can hear seagulls squawking in the background, and a salty smell permeates the air. You walk up the boardwalk past four other docks, and you see someone leaning against the wall watching you. They are wearing a dark gray cloak with the hood up. Hey John, you want to introduce your character? Oh sure, why not? So, the person you see is rather large. Six foot, about 175 pounds, dark gray cloak. Because he's in the cloak, all you can see at this point is a longbow across his back. Um, I continue to watch her as she approaches. 
waiting to see if this is the person I'm here to meet. Okay, why don't you give us a character description, even though she's not going to see you fully this way, everyone can kind of uh, picture what you're going to look like, and maybe give us a name, you know, that would uh, be nice. <laughs> well, no one's, uh, we've not been formally introduced, why well, I do declare. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do declare, sir. This uh, character's name is Ianthea Dracaris. Ianthea? Um, Ianthea. It's Elvish. Um, okay, can you spell that? <laughs> I can, yes, because I looked it up. Uh, <laughs> okay. The, Sil the Silmarillion is a wonderful thing. Uh, I-A-N-T-F-E-A. Ianthea, okay. Ianthea, and last name is Dracaris. Dracaris, okay. Yes. That one's easy. I just wanted to make sure I understood what you were saying. Ah. Uh, so. Yeah, it took me, took, took me a while to get the pronunciation down on that one. Uh, dark brown hair, violet eyes, dark gray cloak, and uh, dark gray scale armor. The bastard sword, dagger, and long bow. So you're walking up to a dark hooded character on a dock. So, okay. So cautiously walking up to this person. Kind of stopping probably 10 feet away just to see if anything happens. Any movement since he's just standing still. I notice her stop, kind of nod my head to her, give her a smile. Glance back down the dock to see if there's anyone else coming out of the warehouse they've had me watch. And kind of keep an eye on her out of the corner of my eye. Oh, seems okay. <laughs> Let's try this out. <laughs> so I walk up to him and uh, the Blackthorn battle was won at night. I say cautiously. Yes. And I never ate marmalade again. <laughs> at which point I, I reach after Answering the code phrase, I reach out and introduce myself to her and give her my name and tell her that I'm there to make sure she accomplishes her mission safely. Shake his hand back, introduce myself, and hope that we can succeed on our mission. So, Mr. DM, do I have horses waiting or are we on foot? You do have horses waiting. Oh. Uh, yeah, you've got horses waiting. They were supplied to you by the uh, sanctuary when they set up your mission to have you go do this whole thing. Okay. Uh, I lead her to the horses and ask her if she knows where we're going because I'm just the muscle. So, you guys are pretty much in the harbor section of town. 
Um, in order to move out of town, you're going to, one, need to go ahead and go to the stable and uh, reacquire your horses. Uh, for some reason, they told you to go ahead and grab a spare horse from the uh, sanctuary. That way, you have an extra one if the ride took longer or whatever. So you guys will end up with uh, two horses, one for each of you, and then a spare so that you can keep moving. Okay. Um, or if something unfortunate would happen to a horse, you have at least one backup. So there you go. Always carry a spare. Exactly. So I'm going to hand this over to you guys. What are you guys doing? Tell me a story. <clears throat> Okay, so we're going to the uh, Rosenchime Ranch. Do I I have provisions on Casey's horse for her, or do we need to outfit her? Uh, she's already got all of her provisions. She's a ranger. She came prepared. All right, I did. Figured I'd better check, and as we get on, I'm going to check the tack on the horses, too, to make sure all the saddles are tight, no accidents. Give them a quick once over on the uh, horseshoes. Make sure they're they're sound before we take off. As he's doing that, while he's trying to, I'm trying to do the same things because I'm not used to people doing things for me. <laughs> so I keep bumping into him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Is the. Uh, as I'm doing this, uh, I'm going to be looking around. I want to make sure that there's nobody overly curious about us. Well, why don't you give me a perception check? Which dice do I need to roll? You'd roll a 20. Pretty much any time I ask you guys to roll a check of any kind, uh, you're going to be rolling a 20. That's like your go-to dice for... Almost everything. All right. Yep. A nine. And am I using passive perception? Yes. Well, actually, what's your perception score total? 16 for passive. Um, passive perception is when you're not trying to scan or do anything. Like what the it represents a chance you have to notice something, like like the GM will use that. Like if you have a passive perception of sixteen, then he might say you without you having to roll, you notice this because because even if you're not trying, you have this ability to see things. Same thing with passive insight. So they might when you're talking, you might not make you make an insight roll. You might get to use that score. If you go to your skills and you go down, um, it's underneath nature. There's a perception skill, which is wisdom-based. Ah, okay, I see it. Thank you. Yeah, so when you're actually making a roll, that's the modifier you're going to use. Okay, that's so that's... That's what I was actually looking for, and that seems really high, so... You know, Thank you. Okay, that's a plus four, so that's a 13. Okay. And, you know, I do want to mention for everyone listening, we're all fairly new at 4th edition, except for Tim. He's done this a few times, so... Even though I'm DMing, if there's anything comes up, he's kind of going to be my go-to for that kind of a thing. That way there's no uh, no confusion on it. You know, we want to make this as uh, workable for everyone as possible. And uh, I thought 16 seemed a little bit high there, but, you know, it's a 
All right, so with the 13, you're looking around, people are going about their business. There really doesn't seem to be any interest in you guys at all. No one really noticed that uh, Willow was coming out of the alleyway back there or where she came from. So she uh, pretty much slipped out without an issue. Good. That's the object of the game. Okay, the horse is checked out fine, then I guess we're on the road. I'm relatively new to this continent, so I'm going to let the ranger kind of lead the way since I presume she knows the continent better than I do. Matter of and fact, rangers I'm, lead the way, uh, right? Well, that's what they say. They've been known to do that. Um, I'm actually going to ask her how familiar she is with the route between here and where we're going. Not familiar at all, sir. No reason to call me sir, but... Of course I have it. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Are we moving in the right general direction at least? You guys do know the general location of where it's at. Uh, you know that it's to the southeast of the uh, island that you guys are on. And you were given enough information to where you know that you need to head uh, south out of town on the main road. And then you're going to be uh, heading east once you hit the next major road that connects in with it. It's going to tee off at a major road and it's going to head east on that. You're going to head right down towards along. Um. Willa, do you have a map? Yep, I do. Take that out. We're one <laughs> step ahead, then. Yes, we are. You are officially more prepared than 70% of adventuring parties in D&D. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no stinking map. That is no, 70% of adventuring. Blows the map away. Oh, wait. <laughs> No, I'm not well. going to be that DM. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've had that DM before. <laughs> so you guys are traveling out of town. This at this point, you're, um, you know, you've got probably another five to six hours, six or seven hours of travel six. ahead of you. Uh, not that much daylight, but you're going to have. I would say probably. Uh, Several hours yeah. more of daylight before say in the last session. It was autumn. Well, let's say it's one okay. o'clock. So yeah, you'll well, probably good. have it. You'll be uh, somewhat five, six hours of daylight at least ahead of you, and then you'll be uh, traveling in the dark, or you can go ahead and bunker uh, down for the night. Okay. Whatever you want to do. What time of year is it? That's what I was going to ask. This would be because if you have us at five to six hours, so that'll be at five to six. So is it like winter? Yeah. I would say probably fall. Yeah. I think we decided fall. last session okay. was autumn. Was it? Okay. Well, that's good. Maybe we'll be uh, somewhat uniform through the whole thing. So it's not winter, but winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter yeah. is coming, yeah. And the Starks have been heard from. <laughs> Okay. Oh, the puns begin. We had to get in there. <laughs> oh, it'll get in there. And I am not opposed to references, but let's keep them um, not a constant flowing reference that goes on for 20 minutes. Right. You know. Okay, so you guys are headed south out of town.
It's fairly easy travel. You've got good quality roads. They've been around for a long time, but they have uh, been well-worn, and it seems like pretty good upkeep on them for the most part. Uh, Hard-packed dirt, there's no major ruts or holes in them, so whatever they're doing, they seem to be doing it right. Why don't you guys go ahead and tell me what you're doing, or if you guys want to talk about stuff on the way out of town, get caught up on what's happening, or... Well, I do have a question for you before we start that. What is the terrain like? Is it low rolling hills, farmland, uh, forest? Uh, in this section, it is just out of Springport. It's pretty much uh, like meadows, fields. There's not a whole lot. When you get further down the road, you start seeing uh, more forested area. Uh, there seems to be a lot of um, deciduous trees. Uh, there's some evergreen stuff, but most of it is starting to drop leaves. And leaves are changing color. This kind of thing is going on. Uh, as you get further down away from Springport, it starts to get to be a pretty heavy forest on either side of you. How far back from the edge of the road is the forest trimmed, or does it come right up to the edge of the road? In some areas, it comes up right to the edge of the road, but for the most part, it stays back probably 15, 20 yards, something like that, maybe a little bit further. It's not coming in and totally enclosing you all of the time, but there are a few areas where it's pretty uh, close into the roads. As we're entering that forest area, <clears throat> I want to keep a sharp watch on the tree line on both sides of the road. Uh, especially back, you know, from, from this tree line to probably 20 yards back on either side. I want to be constantly scanning that. Okay. So are you guys going to... So are you going to want to talk, I guess is the question. <laughs> are you going to want to be focused? I want to ask Willow what she can tell me about the mission. Uh, okay, so let's take a time out. Okay. Instead of asking Willow, why don't you just ask Willow? We're doing this uh, all as characters. So We're not going to play the, oh, my character is asking your character, which right. is great. You know, there's different ways of doing it, but I really like how immersive um, you can get whenever you're actually just playing as your character. And so there will be times where I'm talking to you guys, especially during uh, different combat scenes or potentially uh, the skills challenges. I may just call you guys by your character names just to keep everyone in character during that whole time. Okay. Um, so, Willa, what can you tell me about our mission? Well, I know that... Um... Have to go retrieve the jewel of Micah, but I don't know what it looks like. So then, how will we know it when we see it? And who are we retrieving it from? Sam Chan. You have a letter for Sam Chan. I have a letter for Sam Chime. <laughs> oh, okay. So we show Sam the letter and he hands it over to us and 
I mean, we bombardied it down the road with it. Yeah, I think so. It sounds easy, but guess we'll find out. Things that sound easy often aren't. That's very true. So I guess we'll find out. So where are you from? Well, I'm from the town of Laurel on the Finnegan continent. Where are you from? Also from Finnegan, from uh, Mosswood Forest. So how far is that from the Owen Forest? It's about the middle of the continent. It's about the middle of the continent. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking, I'm going to say 800 miles, give or take, uh, 900 miles, somewhere in that neighborhood. Owen oh, Forest isn't that far into the main continent. It's uh, more towards the edge of the continent, down towards the south end of uh, southeast end of it. Um, so the Mosswood Forest would be more centralized, uh, pretty much dead center of the continent, uh, give or take. So, how long have you been a ranger? I feel like pretty much my whole life. My brother's a ranger. My mom and dad are rangers. So, kind of a a family trade. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, you know my. Uh, my family is, is mostly paladins and priests, or priestesses, so it kind of is a family business as well. Makes it a little bit easier sometimes, and sometimes not so much. True. There can be certain expectations mm. that you have to meet. Definitely. Starting to get onto being dark. You probably have another hour tops before it's going to start getting dark enough that you guys are going to have a harder time seeing. Now you're L, so you have low light vision, which is a good thing. So you'll be able to see, but you don't see in quite the detail that you do with normal vision. Uh, what you tend to see in is more of a uh, black and white kind of gray tone rather than being fully, oh, I can see popping colors in the middle of the night. So, while you can see, you do lose some of the detail of what's around you. So, Willa, do you want to, do you want to press on? Do you want to make camp? How much, how many more miles do you want to do today? Oh, I think I'm doing pretty good if you want to continue for a little a little bit longer. How are you feeling? Um, do the horses seem fairly rested? Yeah, they're pretty rested. Uh, Willow got a pretty good rest before that. So you guys have probably been going, I'd say six hours, something like that. So you figure 10 hours would be pushing it. So you probably don't want to go beyond that, but... Well, I don't mind continuing on a bit, but 
the darker it gets, going to be a little more difficult to find a proper campsite. That's a good point. So. <clears throat> well, since you said you're the muscle, I'll follow your lead. <laughs> um, is there uh, any water sources nearby right now? Uh, there is the odd spring here and there. Nothing too major, but you guys will uh, probably go past one before it gets too awful much further. They, they've been halfway common as you've been going through. There's been, I think you've passed like three of them, four of them so far, so you should be seeing one pretty soon, yeah. How is the map marked? Does the map show major water courses or springs, wells? Uh, major ones, yes, it does. Springs and wells, not as much, because this is a uh, 400 mile across island that you're seeing, not uh, city level. So, this is a 200 mile view. <laughs> uh, just wondering, because, you know, if it's a traveler's map, wells, large springs might be, uh, might be shown on it for convenience sake. Um, well, we could continue on just a little further and see. Uh, she said she had a map. She didn't say she had a good one. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, Valid that's point. why I asked about the quality of the map. Uh, so, yeah, we can go on for a little bit. Um, Mitch, as, the, as we start to lose light, I want to check more often and more carefully uh, our surroundings. Okay. Really try to keep not only my eyes peeled, but my ears as well. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and give me a uh, perception check then. Uh, total of 12. Total of 12, what did you get? So I, okay. Oh, hey Mitch. Yeah. Since okay. we are both Sorry. elves, we both have a plus one to group awareness. So should we be the adding that in? That is for non-elves. Ah, uh, okay. Basically, you guys make everyone else really on edge because, you know, you guys are just tense. And, yeah, that's going to be for... Ancient and incredibly powerful. <laughs> anyone within a uh, five-square radius of where you're at, uh, your party members are going to receive a bonus as long as they're not out. Okay. You guys don't make each other nervous. You make everyone else nervous, you know. As well we should. Yeah. Word. Okay, so I got six. I was gonna say something about them. <laughs> uh, Willow apparently is more tired than what she thought because she didn't see much of anything other than the ears on her horse going up and down. <laughs> you notice off in the distance actually that there is a uh, spring coming up. It's a small spring, but definitely something where you could. Uh, refill your water, water the horses, that kind of thing. And uh, it's in a uh, 
not a huge open area, but it's big enough that you could easily set up camp, probably, I'd say, 20 yards across, something like that. And it's butted up against the spring, which comes up right at the edge of the forested area. I ask her what she thinks about this as a campsite. Willow, what do you think? I think this looks good. Okay. The horse is something to drink. How about if I take care of the horses and start getting camp set? Uh, since you're the woodcrafty one, why don't you check around and see if you can find any signs of recent activity within about 50 yards of the camp. If you see it, find anything suspicious, sing out. Okay. Okay, so you would give a... Give me a nature roll. So you'd roll your 20 and then add your uh, nature score to it. 13. 13? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like anyone's really been around this area. You don't see any footprints uh, off in this area. There are animal prints. Uh, look like there's probably some kind of deer or elk around this area. And smaller mammals, but there doesn't seem to be any tracks that would make you think that there's too many people been using this area or any predatory footprints. So wander back over to camp after checking. So it looks like there's not too much going on. Uh, there's some deer and elk out there, but just smaller creatures. Not seeing anything really aggressive. Okay. Um, I should by now, I believe, have the horses watered and camp pretty much set. Uh, did they provide tents in the gear, or are we sleeping under the stars? Well, that's up to you guys. Do you have tents marked down in your gear? I have a tent. Do you? Nice. Right there. Uh, yes, okay, as a matter of fact, I do. Apparently, you guys uh, came prepared. So. <laughs> you are now more prepared than 80% of the adventuring <laughs> parties. <laughs> Um, I would suggest, though, Willow, that we set up one tent and take turns on watch. Okay. I don't think it's, with just two of us, I don't think it's wise for both of us to sleep at the same time. Yeah, that works. And I will take first watch, if you would like. I like the plan. Okay, I will wake you in, how, how long does night last here, Mitch? About the same as what it is here. Probably, uh... Well, it's fall, so, you know, do we have 12 hours yeah. of dark, 14 hours of dark? Uh, let's see. It gets light at, let's say, 7 in the morning. Gets dark around 6, 7 o'clock in the evening. So, I'd say right now we're still at about 12 and 12. But it's definitely getting shorter. Okay, 12 and 12, moving to shorter. So, um... Or shorter daylight. Right, right. Uh, so I'll 
Willow, I'll wake you in four hours. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. I am not going to build a fire. Uh, once I know that Willow is secure in, her, in the tent, I'm going to move away. I'm going to take my bow and sword. I'm going to secure the horses and move a little ways away from the tent into the tree line so I can keep an eye on the whole camp. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check? Ah, finally, a decent roll. 16 plus 6, 22. You see absolutely nothing. But at least I got a decent roll. Yay! Yes, you did. <laughs> Your ship goes by uneventfully. There's nothing going on that you've seen. All right, so I'm going to go wake Willa. Willow? Yeah. Your turn on watch. Okay. Let me show you where I had uh, set up. Feel free to pick your own watch spot. Um, wake me in another four hours, and I'll take last watch. Yeah. Uh, four and four would give you a full rest. Well, it's eight hours. Well, that'll give her eight, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because once she wakes me, I'll go back on watch, and she right, can go back right, to right. sleep and catch some more. Yeah, you both got to end up with uh, at least six hours would be the bare minimum. However you guys want to handle that, you know. So, okay, where where should I keep watch? Okay, uh, you see that large oak? Yeah. yeah. Right there about five yards inside the tree line. It's a good spot to get your back up against that, and you can scan the spring, the well, the tent, and the rest of the clearing. Okay. I'll start over there. All right. I'll see you in four hours. Sounds good. So I walk over to the oak and hang out. You know, I hadn't thought about how... Uh, many turns you'd have to have in order to uh two people to do a watch that's that's fun you get a full rest so. okay so go ahead and give me work a on that perception check hi <laughs> oh, i suck <laughs> you too see absolutely no nothing. i got five i got two and then five. <laughs> Oh, man. He's well, at least you didn't roll a one. That just means you go night blind, so. Oh, that's true. There you go. So I got a little bit. <laughs> Good work. I can see the oak. <laughs> <laughs> you find yourself kind of nodding off, and uh, you make it through your shift, but it was hard staying awake. You must have been really tired tonight. Great. Just all the excitement, I guess, of the day and the travel one. This, this is what happens when first level characters stand guard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just glad there were no chickens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be TPK right there. Yeah. Okay, so your watch goes by an eventful length. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> okay. I should have had a pack of 
crazy chickens come through, but you know. Well, the game is young. You don't you don't want to end these characters early. So long as it's not a pack of blank dogs, I'm fine with the crazy chickens. So I go walk over to the tent and wake him up. I ain't fear it's your turn. All right. So at this point, I would say you both could probably do a just a, a two-hour shift, and you'd both end up with six, and go with all that good. Unless you want to be fully, fully, one hundred percent, totally rested, and six hours is gonna get you by, at least for now, you know. So do you want to split the next shift? You do two, and then I'll do two. Um. Yeah, I can do that. So I'll okay. see you in two hours. Two hours. Alright. John. Or I am Thea. There we go. What are you doing? I'm going to go back to my oak tree. Alright. Excellent choice. And actually, before I go to the oak, I want to make a circuit of the camp about five yards inside the tree line. Okay. And just check things out. Well, as you're walking through, um, go ahead and give me a perception check. Or actually, make that nature. A nature check. 14 plus 6, 20. 20, nice. You see some, uh, some tracks that were over by where you guys had been eating and kind of moving around that area. Uh, it looks like maybe coyote, something like that. Small canine style animal, nothing too threatening, but something got curious at some point. Okay. Nothing to worry about, though. No, nothing big. Well, you never know about that. How fresh do the tracks look? Can I tell? And is it only one set or multiple sets? Uh, there's two. Um, one of them appears to be uh, a little bit bigger than the other, but they didn't seem uh, like anything bigger than, like I said, maybe a coyote. And freshness, uh, you'd say probably two hours. So something for me to give the ranger a little crap about in the morning. So, <laughs> all right, I'm going to complete my circuit and go post up under my oak tree. So why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check? 15 plus 6. Wow, you're good at this. On occasion. Doesn't mean I see anything necessarily. Not necessarily. Your shift goes by uneventfully. You don't even see the coyote come back around. <laughs> Crafty coyote. Alright, so end of my shift, I'm gonna go wake Willow. Willow, time for your last shift. Okay. By the way, let me know if that coyote comes back that uh him and his mate come back that you missed on your shift. Oh, man. 
And I take her over and show her the tracks. As long as he's not picking me up by the neck and dragging me over. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, hopefully I will be more alert this time around. Well, you've had more sleep. This is well, yeah, but. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm gonna go back over to the oak for a little bit and then I want to climb the tree. Okay. Are you climbing the oak, or are you climbing a different one? Climbing the oak. Okay. Oh god. Let's see, that would be... What are we thinking here? Acrobatics? Athletics. Why don't you give me an athletics roll? What's your athletics score? Twenty-seven or twenty-six. I was trying to add it. I, I knew where I was going, but I oh, started okay. to add it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that fast. It's been a long day of so accounting. you just screwed yourself <laughs> right up that tree. Apparently, she's feeling pretty good after having a nap. Yeah, and I just got told. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're up in the oak tree, and with the time of the year that it is, it's easier to... Uh, See around because the leaves are starting to fall. So why don't you go ahead and give me a perception check? Six. <laughs> you like to try an alternate dice. <laughs> and the coyote jumped on her head as it left. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Your, uh, your shift goes by... I'm, I'm young. Can I claim that right now? <laughs> your shift goes by uh, uneventfully. You don't see anything. Besides what? <laughs> Besides the tree. You were really digging the climbing and having fun. Basically, you're looking off and you missed uh, yeah. Perfect. Well, you know. Success. Okay. So what are we doing? Well... I'm not seeing anything. So, <laughs> am I at the end of my shift? Sorry, I missed something. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Ian Fia is getting his face licked by a coyote in the tent. <laughs> so I go to wake up. <laughs> Ian Fia hoping that I did a better job this time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's your turn. <laughs> Well, I think we probably should be getting on the road here. Um, you want to break the tent down while I get the horses tended? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to make sure we get. Uh, I'm going to get the horses fed, watered, check their tack, make sure they're all ready to go. All right, I'll start breaking down. Probably should eat a bit of breakfast, too. Willow has uh, travel rations, do you? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> it's all that basic stuff that you don't think about until someone says, Hey, do you have that? <laughs> um, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find out together. <laughs> yeah. I have candles. I swim across the river in full plate. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sink to the bottom. <laughs> And John, did you get the map that I sent you? 
It's in your uh, messenger. Did you send it just now? Uh, a little bit ago, but yeah. Let me wake up my Facebook here real quick. I figured you'd be able to actually study her map while she's sleeping or whatever. Maybe she doesn't trust you with the map. I don't know. I don't either. Stay tuned. So let's bombadita down the road. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so you guys take off. Uh, you travel for maybe about another two hours you get to the road. <laughs> Um, heading down into Alolum. It's a, uh, another very well-packed road. It's a, one that's been well-used, seems to be pretty old, you know? The area around this is pretty forested. Um, you notice there's really a lot of forests out in this area. You come across some areas that are, uh, um, meadow and stuff, but for the most part you're moving through forest most of the time through this section. That would be the Talone forest we're moving through? Uh, yeah, that's what you just connected into and you're going to be heading down that direction uh, towards Talone. Yeah, you're next to the Talone forest. Okay. So, And thank you for the map. You're welcome. Makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah. It should. Um, uh, why don't you guys give me a perception check? You, you doubled your roll from the last two times. It's an improvement in myself. Six plus five, eleven. Joy. I perceive absolutely nothing. So he got 11. What did you get? Nine. This is great. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys are pretty focused on the road and um, not seeing a whole lot going on around you, so I think you kind of get that uh, almost autopilot thing goes on after a while, you know, where all you're seeing is trees going by. It has gotten into more of an evergreen uh, section of the forest, which you guys have managed to notice that. But, you know, um, other than that, yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot to see. It's just more long road. Okay. Of course, there could be an entire old farm. <laughs> wouldn't see it. <laughs> Again, really focused on the ears. How long have we been traveling at this point? At this point, you guys have been out a uh, full day. It's been dark for a while now. And uh, you guys just decided, you know, you're getting into an area that's really crowded in with trees. You're just going to keep on going for a while and see what you can get to. As you're traveling on, um, and at this point, you're still probably a good day... <clears throat> day and a half travel out from, uh, probably a day's travel out from Alolum. So, you know, for you guys to make your window of catching your boat, you're going to have to get there, turn around, and hot-foot it back. So you guys are trying to make up a little bit of time here, you know. Give me a perception check, uh, both of you. 
weapon. Okay. Twelve. A grand total of twelve I have. Off in the distance, you see a um, well-burning campfire. And I was just going to let you know that I was going to keep my eyes open for fire and my nose open for smoke. So, okay, works. <laughs> We're all synced up here. So, you know, this is probably a good, uh, I'd say, 40 yards down the road. You're seeing a campfire. Looks like they're having a good time. They've got it blazing pretty nicely, you know, and they're just kind of doing their thing. There's some people sitting around the uh, campfire. There's two of them. You can't see much detail, but they just seem to be uh, sitting there enjoying the night. Thank you for listening to the inaugural episode of Paper Dragons Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Paper Dragons Podcast. There will be new episodes up about every 10 days. We're hoping to have out about three episodes per month. Be sure to share the podcast with any friends or family that you have that might be interested in D&D or Real Play Podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. 